Hi everyone, this is Deb from Dying to be Found. Before we get started today, I just wanted to mention that episodes contain disturbing discussions on harmful acts and crimes against animals and or humankind. Recordings are not intended for young or sensitive audiences due to the content nature of this podcast. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Beth, how are you? Awesome. How are you? <laughs> I love that. Is that how we're going to start every day? I love that you're awesome. That's how I answer the phone. Awesome. <laughs> when they ask me. That's great. So hi, everyone. It's Deb. It's Beth. And I just wanted to say thank you for coming along today. I'm, I was doing some stats and I'm excited because we have listeners literally all over, going to say North America right now, because we just got California. Wanted to say thank you for those of you who are listening out there. I saw Oklahoma and North Carolina and a few other places, Texas. I saw Texas. And then there's places all the way up into Montreal and, oh. and Northern, Northern Ontario. So thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You can find us on Spotify and Apple and all of the podcasts that you listen to. So please listen. We just put out a new recording this morning and I hope you like it. I hope you like our format. So here we go. We're going to talk to you today about an interesting topic. But before we get started, Beth, tell me what's going on. Well, I've been busy doing my hobby where I spend 20 plus hours in my stamp room and no they're not postal stamps they are actual rubber stamps and I do a lot of really unique cards and I do video tutorials on YouTube so if you want to find me on YouTube just look up Beth Norman Roberts and you will find me there or www.sunflowers-dragonflies.ca and there is my website where I blog and whatnot. Wait, are you, are you in your room 20 hours a day? 20. Did I say a day? I'm sorry. A week. No, no, you didn't. You weren't specific. I just wanted to know because I know what it's like. I used to stay and uh, do some work and I had 17 hour days. Oh. I don't have that anymore. It's wonderful. That's yeah. why we're doing this podcast. That's awesome. But I, you, you're so hardworking and 17 hours is grueling. It is grueling, but I have a lot of time on my hands. And I'm loving this new hobby of mine. And I'm loving that I get to talk with you every week. Me too. So are you ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about the Canadian psycho. And I don't know if you even know who that is, but he is definitely psycho because after doing the research for this story, holy cow, he is definitely a psycho. Do you know who that is? Or shall I surprise you? Surprise me. Okay. So I'm going to start by saying it's Eric Clinton Kirk Newman, who was born on July 24th, 1982 in Scarborough, Ontario, which is the outskirts of Toronto. It's like a, it's like a town in the uh, metro area of Toronto. So Scarborough, Ontario. And he was born to Anna Yorkin and Donald Newman. He was the oldest of three kids and eventually went to go live with his grandparents after his parents split up when he was pretty young. So he lived with his grandma and he was homeschooled for a 
bit because his grandma believed that the world was dirty and a dangerous place. Wow. I think it's crazy that he was raised in such a nice, loving home. If the grandmother thought it was a dirty and dangerous place, she would be really giving some good structure to his home. And it's pretty sad that uh, he's moved on to a different lifestyle. Oh, yeah. So I came across a show. I want to fast forward a little bit because I'm going to give you just a a little bit of a premise to a documentary that I found. And I'm not going to say the word because I'm married to a sailor, but I'm the one with a sailor mouth. So I am trying not to swear in this podcast, (laughs) but I did find a documentary and I think it's been out there for quite some time. I just happened to come across it called Don't F with Cats. Have you seen that? documentary at all? Yeah, I saw it about uh, three years ago. So this is what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about the person that was in this documentary. It was a worldwide manhunt that began somewhere around 2011 for some guy who put videos on the internet of him killing cats in very disturbing ways. I was horrified. You all know, or at least you do, Beth, that I have a kindred spirit with animals. I should have been that vet a long time ago that I wanted to be with. I grew up, right? Yes, you did. And I thought you would have gone in that direction. Do you want to know why I did not? No, I'd like to know. (laughs) So Auntie Diane said one day, oh, you want to be a vet? I have to take my dog to the vet. Go with me. I said, okay. So I was job shadowing at probably the age of 11, right? Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to the vet with her and they performed a, what would you call it? They had to check the dog to see if it had worms. So the process of checking that, first of all, horrified me. But secondly, let's just say the dog did have worms. And that was, oh, I was, no, grossed out. No can do. I worked, I, I just, no, I can't do anatomy and things like that. So uh, yeah, that is what turned me away from wanting to be a vet. I never knew that. All I remember is growing up. I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to be a vet. Yeah. And look at me. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I know sometimes things just don't turn out the way you plan, but it's all good because life is good and I'm happy where I'm at today. So good. Me too. Good. So one of the people interviewed in the documentary Don't F with Cats was Deanna Thompson. And she's just an average person like you and me doing your thing every day, going to work. Okay. Do you love cat videos? I love them. I don't know. Do you even like animals, Beth? (laughs) Well, as a matter of fact, I'm so crazy about owls. I just followed the cute photos on Instagram of owls and I just, I just, I warm up when I see them. Oh, so that's kind of like kitty cats too. I love kitty cats. And hey, since we're on the topic, we were talking about some random trivia and Mm -hmm. I wanted to test you here for a second because the website I I came across, what is the name of a baby owl? Do you know? No. It's an owlet or a nestling. Hmm, I like owlet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Owlet's cute. And yeah, random trivia doesn't mean anything for this podcast, but who cares? So yeah, (laughs) who cares? Deanna Thompson is just an average person. She goes to work every day. I think she was in the computer business. So she had some kind of techie job. She just happened to love cats and she loved to watch cute, sweet videos with playful little kitties. I see those too. I love them. What if I'm scrolling? Absolutely. I stop because I've always liked cats. One day Deanna was looking on her social media when she received a notification to watch a video which was circulating on the internet so she probably got the message in her inbox 
And then she thought, okay, let's go click on this because I love kittens, right? And before I continue, I want to give a little disclaimer. I know I do this at the beginning of every episode, but there is cruelty to animals. So if you're sensitive, then you can absolutely fast forward if you need to. But in December of 2010, this video was posted on the internet called One Boy, Two Kittens. And it shows a guy playing music and petting two sweet little baby kittens just laying there on the bed. Now you couldn't see his face. He had it hidden he had some long bangs in his face and he was wearing a hoodie. So he deliberately made sure that he could not, that the audience could not see his face. But then you see this guy put the kittens in a plastic bag and you hear a vacuum get started. So I'm not going to really go into detail on what happened. The video is out there. I did see it when I was doing this research and it is quite disturbing, but basically long story short, he suffocated the cats to death and then posted it on the internet. So you've got this soothing music playing and he's petting the kittens in and then the next thing you know, he's doing what he did to the cats. So then he also posted a couple other videos. There was one showing a kitten being drowned in the tub. I'm going to tell you, I stopped with the first video. I couldn't handle it. And I think part of that too is because that was actually on the Netflix documentary. So that was just part of it. Had I known what was coming, I probably too would have fast forwarded it. But he also posted a couple other videos. One one where he was drowning a cat in a tub and then another one being fed to a python. I'm actually quite surprised that something like that can get on to the internet. I don't know how the authorities can monitor that. Exactly. Interesting you say that because I feel like I have in my in my past studies, I have looked into all that and because it's the world wide web, every country has its own regulations. So So it's not something that can be regulated. You know, there's the dark web out there. Yes, I do. And so if you're going to find it, you're going to find it. But the authorities can't really do a ton about it because every country has its own regulations and it is the World Wide Web. So do they have global regulations? No. Will they have global regulations? Doubtful because it's just so massive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if normal people like you and me came across this video, of course they were horrified and then... I'm just going to say, if you don't like cruelty to animals, please don't watch the Netflix show. I don't know if if I would have watched it if I had known what the story was really about. And I don't even know why. I guess you know why I watched it? Because it was... because of the title, Don't F with Cats. That's what grabbed me. So I thought, let me watch this. Oh, wow. So several people saw the video and literally began actively trying to hunt down the person who was po- posting all this crap on the internet. Good for them. Yes. For- Hooray. Woo-woo. <laughs> Good for them for taking time out of their day. I-, I really do believe this would be something that I would do because... I don't know. Being an average sleuth, I certainly wouldn't put myself in a position of danger or anything like that. But this story tells you that you can be anybody that you want behind the computer screen. History shows that you can be anybody you want. You don't need, I think the, the Deanna Thompson in at the beginning of the show, she even said that she had a alternate ego or alternate persona on the, on her social media sites. So she wasn't even using her real name. 
And just goes to show you, you can be anybody that you want. But the average person was looking for this person that was posting these videos on the internet. A $5,000 reward was posted from an animal protection group for any information on who was in this video and who was posting. And then the group of people took it upon themselves to hunt the guy looking for everything going on in the video. Now, this was the cool part. And this is what really intrigued me. Beth, you do you do your, your stamping, you do cards, you make those things. And a long time ago, you scrapbooked, right? Oh, I have 25 scrapbooks in my stamp room in a tote. You have 25 scrapbooks in a tote? Yep, all finished. I have probably 2,500 pictures in a tote waiting to go... <laughs> into a scrapbook. It's never going to happen. I've come to the conclusion. I'm going to scan all of those pictures into a digital format and probably have the book printed because I just don't have that kind of time. That would be a nice idea. There we go. Christmas present to Beth. Yes. (laughs) After all, I made you a scrapbook in our old haunts where we grew up. And I still have it. It's actually sitting in the, I can see it from where I'm sitting right now. That's, I love it. I had every intention when scrapbooking was popular to put something together. I have a couple pages here and there, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't have time for that anymore. But you know how trends come and go. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, scrapbooking is still there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I had somebody tell me recently that they were scrapbooking and I was like, bravo. Good for you. If you have that kind of time, it is quite therapeutic to just sit there and cut and paste. And okay. So what is my point? You know, I'm random. So what is my point? When you you take a picture of something, you're usually looking at the person or taking a picture of a person, but you're not really looking at the background, right? Exactly. This is my point. So when you're, when I began scrapbooking, I realized, huh, I need to be looking more at the background and not just the person in the picture. So that got me to really, really critically think on, I think this is how photographers probably work too. They're looking at the big picture, no pun intended. They are basically looking at everything in the scene. So the group of people that were taking it upon themselves to hunt for the guy, they were looking at everything in the video. So think about somebody stop, rewind, play, stop, rewind further back, play again, you know? Yeah. They were looking at electrical outlets, bedding, languages being spoken on the television in the background. They were looking at cigarette brands and a vacuum cleaner. Interesting when they were talking about cigarettes, I will say I I do know the differences because growing up in Canada, seeing the packaging there versus here. Yeah, they're completely different. So packaging is completely different all over the world on certain products. So these people were really paying attention to everything in the background. They were listening to the sounds, the, the languages. After a couple of weeks of tracking activity based on what they could see from the background of the videos, this group identified the person in the video to be Luca Magnata as the person who was posting the video of animal cruelty. And they ended up going to the police, but they were told that they couldn't do anything because it was just a video about cats. Okay, so the cool thing is that the public refused to stop going after this guy. The police said they couldn't do anything about it. So they were like, well, we're going to do something. And they started their own Facebook group and communicated with each other. They just, anything that they could do 
they gave each other information. And there was also a bunch of techies, like I said, who probably knew their way around the internet. So I love the fact, I, I'm calling them renegades because they're after this man. There's a man chase. Good for them. Human, you know, anything that breathes has, I don't know, just anything that breathes. Animals, especially, they can't defend themselves. So, well, I think it's bravo to those techies who wouldn't let it go. He was a very sick individual and he certainly needs to be taken down. Yes, absolutely. So truly, this group was relentless on pursuing the guy who posted the videos. Eventually, this Facebook group finally discovered that the person they were trying to identify was Luca Rocco Magnata. Luca was also known as Eric Clinton Kirk Newman, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, but he changed his name legally to Luca Rocco Magnata in 2006 because of all things, we just talked about me wanting to be a vet. You wanted to be a lawyer? Well, Luca wanted to be a porn star. Yuck. <laughs> so at the age of 20, he began stripping and appearing in porn videos. Again, very disgusting. And this keeps getting worse and worse. Most definitely. So, you know, you just never know the mindset. Luca regularly created an internet presence, sort of like an online photo album. How ironic that we're just talking about scrapbooking. Wow. (laughs) So social media wasn't really a thing back then. So you were saying how could the authorities not control this? But think about it, Beth. We're in the year 2022. And this happened way back, you know, more than what? Oh gosh, here we go with math again. 2010, 2011. So think about how far we have come in technology in the last 12 years, right? Yes, exactly. So Luca was very vain and had a history of inflating his own ego. He's been known to create a shrine for himself at one time at his house. I'm assuming when he lived with his grandma. And then the short time he actually attended public school, even his teachers recognized that he was very much into his appearance. He's trying to create this online presence. That's pretty proactive that he's trying to do that 12 years ago. And he posted lots of pictures that made him look like a world traveler. But again, just like with the Facebook group that was looking at all the scenery behind them, If you looked very closely at these photos, you could see that there was a lot of images being photoshopped. I actually looked up photoshopping because, of course, that's, you know, one of the technologies that came out in 1987, 1988. And so Luca was using the software to create an extensive online profile to self-promote himself and help his aspiring career of wanting to be a porn star. Good for you, Luca. Uh, I don't want to see that. But I've seen how people have built online photo albums. Do you know anybody that's done that? Yes. You just post it and just Mm -hmm. you can go look at it anytime you want. So that's what he was doing. And then at some point in time, he even fabricated his association with Carla Homoka. I know you have got to know who that is. Oh yeah. Carla was only 22 years old when she was charged with three rape and murders of minors at 22. And this happened between around 1990 and 1992. She was associated with Paul Bernardo, who was her partner in crime. He's still in jail. Carla received only a 12-year sentence, and she's currently living in somewhere in Quebec. I should also mention that one of her victims was her very own sister. Do you remember that story being out there? Yes, it was pretty horrifying. What did you hear about it? Or what do you remember about it? 
that uh, the thing that stuck out with me was that her murder of three minors was unfortunately was one with her sister. She was one of the victims that uh, was killed. Wow. Apparently in 2007, Magnata casually dropped by a local newspaper to deny rumors going around that he was dating Carla at the time. So here you go. He's trying to be his own publicist. He created this online persona for himself. And then he decided he was going to go stop the rumors at the local newspaper. I get what he was doing because we're promoting our podcast on our own as well. And we're getting our news out there. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Thank you all for whoever's listening to us, whoever's following us. Getting back to Luca, before they could identify him as the guy in the video, his behavior escalated and he videotaped himself murdering and dismembering young Lynn, who was 33 years old. He was a foreign exchange student at Concordia University in Montreal. June Lynn was studying engineering when he responded to an escort ad that Luca had posted on Craigslist. June Lynn was last seen in May of 2012, right before he was supposed to show up to work on May 24th. So on May 25th, Luca, as bold as he was, posted an 11-minute video of the murder and dismemberment on the internet called One Lunatic, One Ice Pit. What shocked me was that this video had over 172,000 views. Okay, Beth. I mean, out of 172,000 views, I'm going to say first thing, people just like with the cats probably had no idea what they were looking at or no idea what was about to come. Right. And then secondly, how could after 172,000 views, how could somebody not call the authorities? That's true. Maybe there's an awful lot of sickos out there that enjoy watching that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that there's uh, dark web websites that people go to for that. But apparently the video not only contained detailed graphics of Luca performing lewd acts on the victim, but it also included cannibalism. And finally, at some point in time, a lawyer from Montana discovered the video and reported it to the police in both United States and in Canada. So bravo to you, lawyer from Montana. I don't even care what you were looking at or why you were on that site, but thank you. Thank you for turning him in. And guess what? What? The authorities once again did not even pay attention to what this lawyer reported because they said the video was fake. Am I going to assume that the police watched the video themselves? Oh, they probably didn't. They're so full of cases and hear so many things that they just didn't take it seriously. Well, in May of 2012, after this video was posted, Luca mailed a severed hand to a Vancouver elementary school. He also mailed a severed foot to a Vancouver middle school. Why? Now that Why is, I remember being in the news. Why would somebody send things like that to a school? I don't get it. I mean, is that just like shock value? Yeah, it's, I don't understand it neither. So he also mailed another severed foot to the conservative and liberal parties headquarters. And I'm sure that was in the news because I did see some people being interviewed on that. So what were they telling people? Like, what were they telling the public at this point in time? You know, it was so long ago. I can't remember that. I certainly remember uh, the foot and 
something tells me that they even were going to look at going into the dump. I think they were even considering the local waters too. They, I'm sure at this point, probably didn't even know who the victim was. No. Well, they were able to track the packages through the mail service. So there's a barcode that is put on the packages through the postal service, but not before finding June Lynn's torso in a suitcase in a park in Montreal. I mean, was this days apart? Was it all in the same day within 24 hours? Okay, so do you remember that Facebook group that I told you about from the Netflix video? Yes. Police finally requested to join that group who was still trying to track down Luca on their own as most citizens should do because citizens arrest. Is that still a thing? I hope so. I hope so too. So let's go ahead and talk about the arrest. They finally caught up with Luca because an employee at an internet cafe in Berlin, Germany, who was following the story, recognized Magnata and went to the authorities to give them a tip that Luca was frequently hanging out where he worked. Luca was in the internet cafe reading news about himself. Imagine that because he's so self-centered. He was in the cafe when he was arrested on June 18th, 2012 for the murder of June Lin. I'm kind of surprised that uh, somebody in Berlin, Germany would be following the case of all things and having Magnata right there. Yeah. Interesting because World Wide Web gets around and everybody is uh, able to get access. So he may or may not have just seen it in the news. Maybe, who knows, maybe he was in that social group, but good for him for stepping up. I wanted to talk about a letter and a mental health assessment that Luca was given, and it goes back a ways. A letter from his psychiatrist was dated May 30th of 2005, which stated Luca was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, and he had been treated for five years for this condition. He received inpatient care in 2003 and should have also been attending outpatient treatments, but did not follow through nor take his prescribed medications as instructed. When he went to trial in 2014, he did plead not guilty due to his schizophrenia diagnosis. But after eight days of deliberation, the jury found him guilty of first degree murder for June Lin. And because Luca also mailed those packages to the political parties, he was later charged with threatening Prime Minister Stephen Harper, who was in office at the time from 2006 to 2015. And he was fa- also found guilty for harassing Prime Minister Harper and the police. And on top of that, he also was found guilty with a bunch of other charges for mailing those body parts all over Montreal and is serving time for 25 years with a chance of parole. Well, I hope he never gets out because he'll only go back. I know the whole point of being incarcerated is to rehabilitate, but you know, budgets and things, you don't get the right programs, but I mean, some people are, but I don't know about this mindset. There's just no way. Is there anything missing from this story? Do you think? I'm trying to think I, because I watched it for years to go on there was no mention of charges for animal cruelty oh because we're going back to the the, uh, people in an uproar yeah i mean honestly it probably would me if i had heard this story and then what do you do about it i mean you've got the authorities saying that they can't do anything it's just an animal but it's a living breathing animal that relies on socialization with human beings you know so i found a good 
timeline on the CBC News that gives a really good synopsis of Luca Magnata. I'm going to add it that to the show notes because it was really cool. I mean, I found it after I had done all my research, but good news. I wanted to kind of bring something else up because this kind of gets thrown in every time we talk about these. Um, everybody deserves love, right? Oh, for sure. Especially me. <laughs> yes. I love you, Beth. I love I you. I love you too, Deb. <laughs> Congratulations, Luca, for your marriage to another inmate in 2017. Gross. (laughs) Where did they meet? Another dating website called Canadian Inmates Connect. Luca's mother was there to witness the wedding, of course. I mean, if you've got a son who's been accused of something and he's been found guilty, I mean, a mother's love, you're not going to stop loving that child, right? Right. But I do want to add that Luca's mom was also a- accusing the renegades of, from the Facebook amateur techie sleuths that that site that got started. She accused this group of being internet stalkers and she called the Facebook group crazy and accused them of acting like high school children for accusing her son of doing something wrong. Dude, it was all on video. I'm not in her shoes and I don't know what it's like to have my own child behind bars, but when it comes to somebody, a human being committing heinous crimes, I know I would unconditionally love my child. And when you've got all this stuff documented on video, there's a hundred percent evidence. So the cherry on the cake here is that although Luca was able to marry as everyone should, I totally agree with that. His spouse and he are not allowed to see each other because they can't have visitation with other inmates. I don't even know if they're at the same prison, but... Folks, this is a good example of why you just have to be careful when using dating websites and... And? Okay, you guys can't see us right now, but I'm laughing. And I'm about to tell you why. And I, I deliberately did not put this in our notes. I thought I did something wrong. No, you did nothing wrong. Wait, what did you say? Be careful when using dating websites. Yes. <laughs> I met my husband the old fashioned way on a dating website. And we just celebrated our sixth year together. <laughs> well, not everything is what it seems in the case of this Magnata, but I'm really happy for you that it's worked out on a dating site. You just have to be very careful. Yes, you do. Absolutely. I have you all, I was on my own for quite some time and I'm not going to say every person I went out was ideal, but yes, you definitely have to be very, very careful on those websites that you get on because again, people are not who they say they are. You can be anybody that you want behind the screen. Can you think of any tips for people that are dating on online? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great question. First off, go with your gut. And if you get a bad feeling, more than likely that bad feeling is telling you something. I truly believe in that in that internal feeling. Definitely, if you have a a bad feeling about it, it's probably going to be a bad situation. And then secondly, tell somebody if you're going to go out with a person. When, you know, Beth, if I were going on a date, then definitely I would be saying, hey, I'm going out to dinner and I'm going to meet this fella and his name is whatever it is and try to get as much information as you can. And then always meet in a public place at least the first couple times for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, to me, because my life has been so, so busy, it it worked out in my favor. It worked out 
as far as time-wise, it, it, I'm going to say, gave me some shortcuts, speed dating of sorts. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never done speed dating, but it's just for busy people. Again, you just have to, it's, it's when you meet somebody in person, look at some of these cases that we are going to be talking about later. Even if you meet somebody in person, you still have that gut feeling. You either click or you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So that's the story on Luca Magnotta, the psycho Canadian. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us. And I hope that you guys will visit us on www.dyingtobefound.com. We've got all of our social links there and follow us on Spotify, rate us and tell us how we're doing. If you have anything that you would like us to talk about, please email us at dying, the number two, the letter B, found at gmail.com and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.